I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Welcome, 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 guys. We are talking all things Space for today, covering episodes one and two, um, the launch, and of course, Epsilon 6, and the rest of the series into the evening, and of course, tomorrow. So we have a lot to go through, but we're going to get it just right. So don't you worry. Um, we're talking Mark's promotion, creating SpaceX, and of course the launch, which was so important. But first, before we get into everything, my name is Tatiana Marisa, and I will be your host this, this, I was going to say this evening, but it's actually this afternoon. So don't let me slip up. And of course we have <laughs> Kevin Allen, who loves all things mm. Greg Daniels. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing great. Yeah, I just covered uh, his last show upload from um, Amazon Prime with AfterBuzz TV. I fell in love with it, and I was surprised there was such a quick turnaround that I get a new Greg Daniels series in just a month. So right, he has been he has been busy. Yes, yes, he has. So busy. More power to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, of course, uh, this show is a very satirical take on um, the government at hand. And then, of course, the new you know space task force that is realistically coming into place. So yeah. um, I yeah. was excited that we we're getting something on this because I love to look for the humor in things, especially in times like now. Uh, mm-hmm. What were your overall thoughts for just this first episode? Uh, the first episode was a, a great introduction for a lot of characters and uh, a premise that is got one foot in reality and one foot in complete fiction. Uh, so there was a lot to dress the table for on this show. And I, I always say never judge a show by its pilot. Hmm. And this wasn't my favorite pilot, but it had such a daunting task ahead of it to introduce uh, the world where kind of living in, but not really. This brand new branch, because we jump a whole year forward. Everybody who works for Nard, Nard's family himself, it was a big undertaking. And I was entertained through and through right up to that last moment. And I was like, okay, I'm eager for the next one. So all in all, it did a great job. Good. And of course, with the cast, yeah, it wasn't perfect. (laughs) Definitely, I totally agree with you. But for the cast, I mean, Steve Carell, John Malkovich, Lisa Kudrow, which I'm sad we didn't see more of. Um, Fred Willard and the list goes on. I mean, just, I feel like, you know, in just looking at the trailer for this, I felt like it couldn't fail. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's too funny to fail. Uh, there's yeah. some comedy legends in here. I feel like half the cast of a Christopher Guest movie is already in this series. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then also some favorites from Greg Daniels's previous works. Like it's just a, um, a smorgasbord is the word I'm going to use of comedic talent. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. So I can only I can only hope for good things in store. Um, mm-hmm. I first want to talk about opening up. We have Mark's promotion, and he gets four stars and is promoted to the to the space force, which is not where I think he thought he was going to go. Um, and no. <laughs> I love this this back and forth that he has with um, John Blandsmith, um, who seems kind of like his enemy. Um, so I hope that we get mm-hmm. to see this this partnership played out because they're supposed to work together. Um, what did you think about that first scene when he was put in the ring with he had the Coast Guard, the Navy, the Marine yeah. Corps, the Army? What did you think about that first scene? Well, I mean, I, I don't know when the last branch of the military was founded, but there's there's such enduring institutions that they feel timeless. And so for someone to be like, oh, by the way, there's a new one now is a huge <laughs> surprise. So I was 
I mean, I, I completely understand why he went and told off the head of the Navy or the Air Force, told off the head of the Air Force thinking he had his job. And then it was like, wait a minute, what's he still doing in the room? Crap. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Now I have to work alongside him. Right. Um, I thought it was a funny scene. I mean, again, all these comedic talents in one room and it's kind of like this military locker room, uh, country club mix. It's just a weird dynamic. And everyone just kind of like lets their feelings out, especially against the poor Coast Guard. Um, <laughs> so it was funny. It was a great introduction. Great introduction for this series. And it says so much about being thrown into a position when you literally have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. Like there's no yeah, debriefing. Right. There's no, there's nothing. It's like, okay, we're going to ease yeah. you into this. It's just like you're head of Space Force, never been done before. Good luck. Yeah. Here's what we've got so far. You're going to be taking over for someone. No, it was just like, all right, this is a new thing that's happening. We've have nothing for it so far, yeah. but you. Yeah, and he's not even. I mean, he's he's a, a trained pilot. It's, it has nothing to do with space. I mean, he he. Oh yeah. He no, has a, no, no credentials behind him. No engineering, astrophysics, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Like yeah, he's pure Air Force. Like those, and there is no air in space. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. That was a running joke. The conversation that they had it was it was great. I thought it was a great opening um, for to set the tone for the rest of the first episode. Um, I really want to touch quickly on when we jump forward a year and he chooses to be in Colorado, um, and he like goes under this secret mountain <laughs> with yeah. the Seven Eleven guy or the gas station guy stuck in his trunk because he knew too much. Um, we see this huge base that is just literally like multi-billion dollar level base. Mm -hmm. And it almost seems like nothing has been done. Do you think this was like overplayed? Or... A little bit actually, because it was only <laughs> one year. It was right. one year from POTUS tweeting that he wanted to have a space force. And then it being this massive, like James Bond-esque operation. Like it's one thing if they re well they said they might have repurposed their base, but then again it was behind this secret mountain tunnel. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I was like, was this all here, or did this all just come from the ground up? Um, it's fully furnished and stocked. It's a whole staff. They're, the staffs have staff. Yeah. New cadets running around everywhere, and as we go on in the series, it, it seemed more like it was a oh they just like grabbed what they could get their hands on in quick time. So you know not the best and brightest, just what they had available. <laughs> right. But considering it was just, it's been a year, like space, the real Space Force, I think was announced in 2018. And yes. we don't, I think we have a flag. I think that's yeah, all we got. So that's far. all, we have a flag and a logo. That's it. <laughs> yeah, so a lot, yeah, so a lot kudos. Yeah. <laughs> kudos to Corel's team for getting good, off the ground. Good job. They're so fancy that they even have this uh, assigned Twitter man who I thought was, I thought he was the funniest because it is so appropriate in today's day and age to literally have like a, a Twitter employee who writes your tweets for you, or it should be. <laughs> so yeah, social um, media accountant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he's appropriately named F. Tony. Um, he played by Ben Schwartz, who I loved. Um, but yeah, his name is F. Tony. And I had to go back and look because I thought maybe they messed up his name, but that's really, that's his character name. <laughs> F. Tony. Um, but he's yep. knowledgeable in all things Twitter culture. So for this boots mm -hmm. on the moon, it also showed, I thought, the difference in culture and age group between um, F. Tony and uh, Mark, Steve Carell's character. 
because he was like, you're saying these things. I don't really understand why I even need to post on Twitter or what I need to post on Twitter. And he was like, you don't understand. I'm not going to sit here and explain this to you. You know, I thought it was very telling of today's day and age. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like I'm, and it, this was the moment I was kind of curious of like, how, how is the show's direction? Because it was then that Mark Nard, General Mark Nard seemed like the most responsible level-headed person in the room. And I was like, oh, I thought he was going to be like this hapless general and that was going to be the comedy. But like him telling off this social media guru, like, I don't need to write about laser swords heating up hamburgers. Like, I'm a four star general. Right. And I was so on board with him for that. I was like, yeah, this is ridiculous that not, not just the Space Force, but that this general had to have a Twitter account. Right. Right. He has to keep up with POTUS. That's, uh, that's true. That's true. That's that's what it is. Right. <laughs> that's yep. what it is. <laughs> so with Mark creating this SpaceX team, um, I really think that the elaborate design, the cost, it, it just seems like this has become his play field. I mean, he uses the satellites to find his mother who randomly goes missing. You yeah. know, like all this stuff, it just seems it seems like it's he's become accustomed to it being his playground almost. Um and he does throw out his status a lot. Yes, yes. And it has nothing really to show for it. What is it? They lost four middle schools. I mean, that's what they have to show for it, right? When they launched yeah. the missile and it didn't work. And he was like, how much did that well, cost? It, not just that, like, not only is he like a budgetary crisis and just in himself. Yes. Uh, but his subordinates don't listen to him. They treat people that's supposed to be working uh, either alongside him or under him as above him. Like, so he doesn't have the clout, the notoriety, the, he doesn't have any of the trust. Like he just has responsibility. Mm -hmm. If that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I like that we are also introduced to John Malkovich's character, um, Dr. Adrian. I love John Malkovich's character in this. Me too. I feel like he is the voice of reason. He plays the very straight and narrow by the book man um, mm -hmm. who seems to speak at a snail's pace <laughs> on explaining everything, which is very John yeah, Malkovich. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so I love that. So to launch, to launch or not to launch, that was like this big question in this um, thing. So he basically didn't go with science, Mark didn't go with science, didn't go with the naysayers and went off of gut feeling. How do you think about this? I was very conflicted. <laughs> like, I mean, cause I wrote like, he's like I said, he seemed level-headed and reason reasonable earlier, but then when he, you start putting up against the experts and data and facts and like checks and balances and all of the stuff that make things operate, right. uh, he was completely by himself. He was in the dark. He was reckless even. And he's, he's, weighing the pros and cons uh even though it's just cons like he's like well give me give me something to balance it out and it's like there's nothing there to balance it out it's just you and some guy who is uh he was the janitor you know, right that agreed with him like <laughs> was he though or was he just some coot who just showed up like i don't know who he was how did he even get the like who let that guy have a janitorial position on a, a secret military base Right. So yeah, this field of experts, all with doctorates, as uh, Mallory pointed out, and you can't balance the scales against that. But he was determined to do it, and then even then, still went with his gut. 
and what had me conflicted about it was it paid off. Yeah. It paid <laughs> off. Yes. He had a really nice speech that had some truth to it. I got to give him credit about like the risk is involved and you, that's one part of being, uh, of being courageous. But I was like, but where do you draw that line, man? Like, right. It was a miracle. He got away with it. A it miracle. was a miracle. Yeah. But look how much, okay. Just to play the devil's advocate. Okay. Yeah, please. That's what we're here for. Look, look at how much <laughs> he had riding on this. Like he's been at this, albeit amazing that he had all this built in a year okay mm -hmm. with that aside look how yeah. much they're expecting from him within one year's time to figure out if he has something for the amount of money that they have given to this whole task force um you know they need to see something that works and it's not just a prototype they need to they want or demanding dare i say something that is legit that they can send into space like next week so with yeah. that amount of pressure, I would almost feel like I'm just going to do it. And if it works, then everybody's good. We still get funding. And all of these billions of dollars was not for, you know, nothing. It was for something. And I could show them that, you know. Yeah. Or he would, I mean, if he did, if he decided to postpone it when all the congressmen left and the congresswoman, then, you know, he might lose his funding. The whole thing might get shut down. Like there's so much riding on this one moment. Oh, that's true. He, Cause I was like, you could wait a day. SpaceX and NASA waited a day this past weekend and it yeah. everything was fine. Everything was fine, but <laughs> yeah. they didn't have congressional delegates there. Exactly. Uh, with a small window of opportunity for mm -hmm. that. Cause it's so political. That's the thing is mm -hmm. I have to keep reminding myself, this show is not about NASA or SpaceX. <laughs> it's yeah. about a military version of space exploration. Exactly. And that would have so much congressional oversight and politics involved. So yeah, okay, good point. Yeah, Very good yeah. point, Tatiana. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to go off, uh, uh, I, like, I like that, you know, everything went off without a hitch, but when he was trying to say, look, look what we've done. He basically made a satellite that went into space and threw a net <laughs> at other satellites. That's actually a good thing uh, because you can Please can't... educate me on For this. For anybody who I wants to like... know why we can't just bomb satellites out <laughs> well, of the sky. I know that part. You do? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he, I mean, like when, so when the, the Chinese came along and yes. clipped its wings or whatever, exactly. Yeah. I was like, oh, like that was actually fairly effective but there's still that slight element of chaos that those pieces of debris could uh circle back around and destroy their own stuff right uh, a net would at least it would in destroy a satellite without having debris scattering all over orbit making future satellite issues got it okay because I the net wasn't the worst idea Okay, because I was like, it's a net. That's how my, I was with that girl. I'm not sure her name, but she was sitting across from him when they were having lunch. She had the dark hair. Oh, and she was uh, like, so the it's AOC a net. stand in. Yes. Um, yeah, Senator, her name is just as complicated. Yeah, her. She was like, so basically, we paid you how much money to make a satellite with a net. But then, of course, like you said, when you see, when I saw the comparison, they put the satellite up in the up in space and you know everything's great they're admiring it from his front porch and you see a huge 
way bigger satellite literally snips off the solar panels, like has arms that come out and snip off the solar panels. <laughs> I mean, with no the effort, two, yeah. With no effort. I was like, okay, this is, ho this looks really bad. Looks horrible. It's really bad. Looks horrible. Like, yeah. Um, they, I wrote down like, oh God, China has space bots. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. But I love that um, they have they have China in here. We have Russia in here. Like all the elements that are in reality are totally blown out of proportion, satirically, of course, and you know, put in this just this first episode alone. Oh yeah. Well, like I said, there, there was an AOC standing. There there were stand-ins for real life senators, yeah. and then we also have uh, real world current space uh, institutions. You know, from other both partnering and competing nations mm -hmm. who are involved and i i think that's great because that's the it's it's an it is a very interesting dynamic to uh be like oh it's this international uh competition or international cooperation i think that's really cool it's an interesting dynamic of course it makes for great television you know uh because it's we're at war but on a really <laughs> interesting new frontier that nobody quite has figured out yet right so yeah, right. it makes for great sci-fi. Oh, it's awesome sci-fi. Boots on the moon. That's going to be like my hashtag now. <laughs> I was surprised to find out that was a real thing too. That I don't doubt it. Quite honestly, I do not doubt it at all. Um, let's move on into episode two of Space Force called Epsilon 6. And that is, I think I liked this episode more than the first one. I know the first episode is all about like setting up the characters and how, who you have at play. Um, this one is awesome we are talking you know do it for the viral vid videos um the chimpstronaut and of course i do wanted to touch i did want to touch base on uh mark's home life because i thought that that was a very human moment um very relatable yeah it's so we have character yeah totally um so we have what we do for viral videos this is like this is i think that this is actually done I don't think this is satirical, not necessarily sending dogs and chimps into space just for uh, viral videos, but spending a lot of money on videos just so that, that they will go viral. What do you think? I mean, we just talked about the legitimacy of the social media <laughs> guru working for the military. So, I mean, yeah, to a degree. <laughs> Like, okay, so again, this past weekend, NASA and SpaceX, but two organizations that are all about space exploration, they set up and like, it was live streamed on YouTube and people were tweeting all about it. And it was blowing up on my Twitter feed and my Instagram. And that's really cool. And, uh, you know, the whole thing that made uh, landing on the moon so impactful was that for a moment, the whole world was united and mm -hmm. supporting this crazy endeavor. And that's how it would get done now is through social media. Like people can still be glued to their television screens, but we're all going to be talking about it and realizing that we're watching the same video screen uh, by means of Twitter and Instagram. Going, oh yeah, you know, Julian's checking it out and Melissa's checking it out too. That's so having that element is, it's very 21st century. Of course it's going to happen. Yes. Now, Let's bring in the downside of the 21st century for your space exploration is that NASA has got its funding cut. And like, if you're going to get public support, or I hate to say even financial support, mm -hmm. you got to commercialize a little bit. And 
yeah, create viral content. So, which is uh, which is exactly <laughs> which is exactly what they got. Which is exactly what they got, and and you know what better than a chimpanzee and a dog in spacesuits? I, I will say, there's got to be cheaper ways to do that. <laughs> there's yeah. got to be ways that I mean, we you have can movie pull that sets, off without right? like, ending a dog's life. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm sure they didn't plan on the dog being eaten. They launched it up with the chimp. <laughs> They didn't plan on that, but they <laughs> launched them both into space and we're just going to leave them there. They had a laundry list of other animal knots that yeah. they've done that to. Yeah. That and then they, bad. which is horrible. It is, it horrible. is, it is terrible. It is terrible. And there's like, no, there's nothing else to say about it other than that's, that's awful. Yeah. Um, but they were trained. Yeah, no, I <laughs> trying to make man. it better. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was, I was John Malkovich in that scene so yes. much. Like, why are we even attempting this? And I was floored that they got as far as they did. Me too. And I was just as riveted as everyone in that control center. Yes, but Mark put all of his eggs with this chimster knot. He put all of his eggs in one basket, and was like, "If this is the only chance we have, this is what we're gonna do." Because he didn't want to sit there and wait for science. And he didn't want to sit there and wait for logic or reason, which is exactly what Dr. Adrian wanted to do. Um, and I think he also did it off of pride because he felt, you know, completely less than everybody in the room because he literally put bomb in one of those suggestion boxes. So, you know, it's, I, I think, and he's the commander, he's above everybody. Mm -hmm. So um, I think he did it, you know, for two reasons. For one, he was like, I think I can do this with this chimp and with the other guys. Um, Dewey, Dewey was the, the man who trained the chimp and had did oh, the sign yes, language yes. with him. Mm -hmm. um, so with Dewey by his side, I'm sure that, you know, he felt extremely accomplished to do it other than hashing out a bunch of problems that he had no idea how to solve. Well, that's one thing about Mark is he's, he's the fixer, or at least he fancies himself that. He wanted to solve that problem because if anyone should lead in a crisis, it should be the general, the leader. And same thing with his daughter. Like he wanted to help her solve her math problems. Mm -hmm. uh, he wanted to fix that. We came home dog tired and she's like, it can wait. I can just uh, take the loss or whatever. And he's like, nope, I, I'm going to do this. Like we're going to get it done because yeah. that's who he is in his eyes. And that's, that is like, that's one of my favorite scenes in the second episode was when they showed that very vulnerable side of him. Because I think any parent or, you know, any person who's caring for somebody that's younger than them can totally relate to that. You know, he's been up for more than 24 hours. He failed at his mission, you know, um, had to answer to his boss and he's going to have to answer people, you know, the next day and the day after that. And he comes home and he still has life at home. And I really like that they included that because even though it's supposed to be a comedy, um, people still need to relate to it on a personal level. Yeah. So I love that they did that, seriously. Uh, my takeaway from this episode was that, okay, this is the, the kind of jokes I was expecting from this show with the whole X-12 mission that there's a chimp and a, a dog and pony show in space. Right. Uh, and Nard is acting the way I expected his character to act, being a buffoon, but he's... I kept comparing him to Homer Simpson in my mind. Mm. He's a buffoon, but he has a heart. And at the end of the day, he cares. And that's enough for me to like him. Absolutely. I think a lot of people were expecting um, The Office again, or like a version of The Office again. 
I've had friends tweet that he's Michael Scott in space. I'm like, it's it's not. not. I didn't get that either. I did not get Michael Scott. I think he's totally doing a, a, a definitely a new character, um, which he has to. <laughs> he has to now yeah. because this is not <laughs> this is not the office. You know, the office is gone. Even though everybody wants it back, this is it. You know, um, so I I like what they did. I like his character choices. I and I mm-hmm. I still have super high hopes. I was reading some of the reviews, and you know, some people were not happy with this show one of the things that I read said it was it's because of the times that it came out um, that, you know, somebody's people are looking for a high level comedy, not necessarily like satirical on political stands or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people were upset, but that's not the show's fault. And of course they can't predict, no. you know, what's going on in the world. And, and like I've been saying all episode, I came in with these expectations about how I wanted the pilot to be, about how I thought the character and the jokes were going to be. And I'm, I'm glad they were met, but mm-hmm. I have to leave my expectations at the door. And a lot of them I did. Like I would, you know, it'd be fun if it was just constant like Trump bashing or it would be really right. cool if it was highbrow comedy and if it really discussed the uh, quandaries of militarization of space and really dove into the science and like I said all the stuff about these international conflicts that may one day happen and beyond the stratosphere like that'd be neat but it probably wouldn't be nearly as fun and clearly this is what this show wanted to be it's just having a good time with a loony premise that we're all kind of getting familiar with yes absolutely so, I 100% agree with you yeah I have to, I, I think a lot of the reviews are because of expectation and I, I i learned to leave mine at by episode two so i feel like I, I hope everyone else does as well yeah me as well me as well i'm with you on that cool um <laughs> boots on the on ground. The yeah boots on the ground um let's go ahead and head into our news and gossip i know you have a, a great heartfelt one for us no yeah. tears okay no tears Okay, well, um, so I, I brought I brought some uh, visual stuff that we'll we'll get into, but uh, this is going to be rather than a new segment, more of a a retrospective of Fred Willard uh, because this was his last uh, on film role, playing the father of General Mark Nard, um, Fred Nard, and I think I can only assume they named it after Fred. Um, so Fred Willard, for those who may not have known, because I certainly didn't is a veteran of the armed forces. He did serve in the military back in the day. He enrolled at uh, Kentucky Military Institution in 1949 and served as a sergeant in Company A. And he was also a commander of the Space Force in an NBC pilot from 1977. Um, It aired March 1977. It didn't get picked up, so now it's considered a TV movie from 78. Uh, There's a lot of conflicting ideas about what the show was back in the day, but none of them matter because Fred Willard played uh, Captain Thomas Woods, the leader of the Space Force. And it was another just fun, silly, goofy little show about militarization in space. And I, so I think it was amazing that they got him to play uh, Mark's dad. I just, a per- not a lot of actors have a good final role. And I feel like this was the most well-suited final role for him. And not just because the casting was fitting, but because he also did a great job. He was hysterical. He was, his speech was a highlight of the pilot episode, and he only talked through the phone. Um, so on that note, the little bit of gossip I found is that uh, even though he wasn't on screen for a lot of Space Force, and thus uh, he 
probably wasn't on set a lot. When he was there, uh, Greg Daniels said he made quite the impact on the cast and crew, even earning a standing ovation for the bit of riffing he made about crawling under the house that was completely improvised. Um, let's see, Greg Daniels said, uh, it was a wonderful experience with him being on the set when he did his first work for us in the first episode and we had written something very funny for him and I thought he did it brilliantly, but he's a legendary improviser. So at the end of it, we said, why don't you just do whatever you want? And then he went into this <laughs> five minute, incredibly funny story about crawling under the house, which you know we use completely as is in the show. Um, and then what happened next, like, which is what took Daniels by surprise, is that the crew gave him a standing ovation for that bit. They've never had that happen before. He's never seen it before. Um, but everybody on the show knew how special his performance was. And uh, yeah, and it's not knowing what that he would be passing soon, uh, but he's a comedy legend who just is a beacon of joy and made the impact on this show right from the very beginning. So I thought that was really that's really cool. I didn't. I didn't know he was a veteran, at all. I I, I had no idea either. So that I is thought, so. Awesome. I like I said. I brought some pictures. I, I don't know if they've been scrolling this whole time, but I found the only photo I could find that is uh, from an official military source. It is when he joined up in 1949, um, and then I also brought some images from Space Force, including his costume, <laughs> uniform, and their insignia as well. Uh, but it's it's just really cool to see him through the years with these little touches absolutely yeah he's a he is a, a comedy genius and um i've enjoyed many roles that he's played through his time as an actor i, I mean and i haven't even been alive for half of them so um, i the same uh i like <laughs> it was cool to see like babyface fred willard i forgot the last image uh we're showing is he's wearing the space force uniform from his 1978 pilot he resurrected the character for a bit on uh, live with Jimmy Kimmel when Trump announced they were going to do a Space Force. Of course. Uh, so he, he resurrected the character to comment on that. And I thought it was great. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a fantastic tribute. I love that. Thank you very much, Kevin. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure. Um, okay, so predictions for the next two episodes because we are covering oh, two episodes in one yes. hour. So we covered episodes one and two. So let's do predictions for episodes three and four overall. What do you think is going to happen? Well, he's got a lot of pseudo enemies. Um, but <laughs> yeah. the more, like, China is obviously working against <laughs> America's interests, but they saved the chimp. So they're not all bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to what, like, what are they going to do with the chimp? Is like, that's know, the next question. I, I, I hope he doesn't get interrogated. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Nard is, okay, so he's making a lot of bad decisions in episode two there wasn't really like a heartwarming speech that saved the day like it did in episode yeah one um so i feel like he's going to be in hot water probably with the congressional committee um i can only imagine he's going to be butting further heads with mallory but mallory's kind of inclined to work with him um as much as i love seeing john malkovich stomp around <laughs> like and his when he's making a scene uh that's so humorous but he's not like an antagonist um yeah i think he's just gonna have a lot of problem with the congressional site and not being able to prove that china is sabotaging them it's gonna put a lot more pressure on the branch 
uh, not from expectation, but just from, I, I feel like they're not going to get the resources they need. They're going to get turned down at every step of the way, and they're not going to be able to accomplish anything. Um, not to mention so, the Russian is dating his daughter, so. And that guy is so Russian. <laughs> He's so very Russian. Like, there's <laughs> nothing about him that is not Russian. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, so uh, I feel like it's just going to all just weigh down on Nardi. He's going to snap. Like, there's just nothing he can do, but he's going to be put between all the rocks and hard places and maybe take it upon himself to... God, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, it's too early. For, I'm not good at these. It's too early for me to tell. <laughs> um, I, I really hope that we get to see more of Lisa Kudrow, uh, his wife's character, because I am a huge fan of her. I want to know... I want to know why she's in jail. I hope that they yeah. explore this avenue because I'm curious. Um, and I wonder if that, if we see that in the next two episodes, I'm wondering if that will play a role in um, his position, whether or not he's going to stay in his position, um, how high up he is. And because he's kind of been abusing his powers for you know personal reasons. So I'm, I'm curious how that's going to play out. I'm also curious about the Russian dating his daughter it doesn't seem like his daughter's super into this russian guy um main, mainly doing it to get back at her father so i <laughs> am curious to see how that relationship develops and um i think that they'll send another another satellite into space uh perhaps better equipped <laughs> so i'm ho hoping now that they've seen china's satellite because i I think this is the first time they've seen China satellite. I'm assuming, so um, it must be, yeah. Yeah. So now that they've seen it, realize how large it is and what it can do. Uh, I'm assuming that they're going to start weaponizing their satellites with more than a net. Maybe <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, they're the bag of guns they left on the X-12. Right. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. Okay. Or All right. Well, maybe this then. Maybe they're going to have to fight with Congress to get the funding to send up people this time. There you go, yeah. To man the X-12, get the guns, and go try to shoot down China's satellite. There you go. So the moon is like totally neglected. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're, yeah, they're gonna completely <laughs> sidetrack their quest to get on the moon yeah. to just go have a turf war against the sat. not even China, just that satellite. Yeah, yeah, that's, I'm with you, yes. That is what I think is going to happen in the next two episodes. A lot can happen in an episode. Very mm -hmm. awesome. All right. Well, that is it for our coverage. We, we, we will be back in an hour covering the uh, episodes three and four. So stay tuned with us. Until we come back, Kevin, where can we find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Kevin Allen Says and Instagram at Kevin Allen Graham. Awesome. And you can find me, Tatiana Marisa, at Tatiana Marisa on all social media platforms. Until about an hour from now, we'll see you again. <laughs> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.